0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 32 of the Hang Time with Algie podcast. I'm your host, Luke Algerson. You know how we do it. Five topics, unpopular opinion. Let's get things rolling. Topic number one NBA finals. Game five is tomorrow, Friday, October 9th, 2020. That's right, people. Already into the month of October. We're moving things right along in the NBA finals. Coming to a conclusion, the Los Angeles Lakers, led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis, took a commanding. Three games to one lead, that's right, after Jimmy Butler's miraculous 40-point triple-double where he went absolutely off, Lakers bounced back and won game four, 102-96, LeBron leading the way, 28 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists, you know, he had six turnovers, and it should be noted he scored eight points in the first half, he was sloppy to start the game, but the king. Turned things up in the second half, hit two big threes from way downtown. He was 8-16 from the field, 10-12 from the free throw line, and he didn't miss a free throw in the fourth quarter. The man was on a mission, but Anthony Davis, his co-star, played extremely well for himself. He had 22 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 4 blocks Eight of 16 from the field as well. Two for four on threes. Only went to the free throw line four times, but he knocked down all of them. He hasn't missed a free throw in the series so far. He's been playing out of his mind. Just to look at their statistics for the finals all together. With Anthony Davis, he's averaging 25 and eight. 25.8 points a game. 9.3 rebounds a game. 3.3 assists. One steal almost two blocks, shooting 60% from the field, 54% from three-point range, and like I said, hasn't missed a free throw, played 38 minutes. Anthony Davis has been on a tear. He's accumulated 103 total points, but with LeBron James, this man is averaging 27.8 points a game, 11 rebounds, 8... Eight and a half assists, just under a steal a game, and just under a block a game, while also shooting 54% from the field, 36% from three, and just a shade over 70% from the free throw line, and has accumulated 111 points this series. I mean, LeBron, James, look, you could make a debate for either guy to win MVP, but at this point, I would say if you look at those numbers, LeBron's averaging more points, accounting for more assists, That's putting together, accounting for more points when he's on the floor. Uh, LeBron James is the MVP. He's the favorite to win it. He's been the leader of the Lakers. Anthony Davis has been dominant. I mean, he's (laughs) shooting 60% from the field and 54.5% from the three-point arc. I mean, they are both going off. Anthony Davis, my boy, doing the damn thing in his first NBA finals ever. But I got, I got to say, the 35-year-old, year 17 LeBron James should be the MVP. He's looked a little off this series. Like, I will say that he has not looked like his daunting King James self. But with that being said, he's still averaging 28 points, 11 rebounds, eight and a half assists. At 35 years old, shooting 54% from the field. What more could you ask from a player? And people are like, oh, he's having a down playoffs. He's not playing that well. Hmm? Those are Hall of Fame numbers right there. Those are GOAT numbers right there. Anthony Davis, just both of them. Anthony Davis, LeBron James have played spectacular. It's the reason the Lakers were the one seed. It's the reason that they beat Portland in five. They beat the Rockets in five. They beat the Nuggets in five. And now, with game five coming up on Friday... I'm going to say I think the Lakers are going to close things out. They're wearing the Black Mamba jerseys. They decided to switch it up. They're going to wear them now with the chance to win the NBA Finals. They're going to do it. They are going to do it. They're going to make it happen. Let's see. Uh, I really think so. Like LeBron knows the pressure is there. He felt it in game four. He came out sluggish, pl- played very poorly in the first half, but then turned – Turned it up a notch. I mean, he had eight points at five turnovers and was shooting terribly from the field. Like three of seven. Just not good at all. Second half, he knew what he needed to do. He knew this was a big game. At this point, biggest game of the season with the Heat potentially being able to tie it up at 2-2. There's a big difference in a series between 3-1 and 2-2. 2-2, dead even. Things are set. 3-1, got a two-game advantage, only one more win, and you're sending the other team home, and you're being crowned champions. It's a big game. LeBron knew it. That's why he stepped up. Anthony Davis, you know, he guarded Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler went off in the game three, a 40-point triple-double. I, he was a beast, and he played well in game four also. 22 points, nine assists, 10 rebounds, Shot 8 of 17 from the field, 0 of 3 from three-point range, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. He was attacking. He was playing well. But Anthony Davis locked up, came up with some huge defensive stands against Butler, and the Lakers needed it. Like, at this point, it was LeBron James who had to do it against Jamal Murray in the Western Conference Finals. Now Anthony Davis, who LeBron says is the defensive player of the year, guarding Jimmy Butler and getting it done. I'm going to have to agree. Look, Giannis and Tedokounmpo had a chance to stop Jimmy Butler. He could have gone to Mike Budenholzer and said, no, I'm guarding this guy. We need to stop him. But no, Giannis went, oh, I do what the coach tells me to do. Whereas when you have guys who understand what's at stake and what the real mission is, you have guys who take it upon themselves. Not to say Giannis doesn't want to take it upon himself to be the leader of the team, to be the star of the team. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that these LeBron James and Anthony Davis were destined to win this year because they wanted it more than everyone else. That's why the Bucs didn't make it out of the second round. It's why the Clippers didn't make it to the conference finals. It's why the Rockets came up short against the Lakers. It's why all these teams get knocked out when they do except the champion at the end. The Lakers just wanted it more than these other teams. They're showing it right now. They're getting the job done. They're doing whatever it takes to win this NBA championship. And let's not act like the Heat are pushovers. They are a solid team. I thought the Lakers were really going to take it away. In game four, uh, the Lakers were rolling. You know, it was a low-scoring game. It wasn't your typical bubble game of 120 to 114. You know, it was a low-scoring, grinded-out game, back and forth. You know, had to answer, had to come up big for your team if you wanted to keep it close. Like, I thought at some points, the Lakers were going to pull away, but nope, Duncan Robinson banks in a three. Oh, Kendrick Nunn banks in and Tyler Heroes throwing up floaters 20 feet in the air, and they're going in over Anthony Davis. I mean, they were hitting some big-time shots. The Heat, they're no pushover. You know, Bam Anabayo came back. He had 15-7. Rebounds, shot six of eight from the field. Uh, Yeah. Robinson, he finally made some shots. He had 17 points. Tyler Hero, the youngest player to ever start in an NBA Finals. He had 21. Uh, This team has loads of confidence. They got to believe in themselves. You know, they play hard. They play aggressive. They're well coached. I don't know if they're going to be back here next year, but I do think a lot of people... Are considering them to be a free agent destination for a lot of team for a lot of players, and they have a good thing going. They play hard. Eric Spolster's shown that he can maximize talent. Uh, it's not a oh one guy, and he's the main person. No, it's a team game. Like the Heat really embraced team basketball, playing hard, playing well. So I like where the I like where the Heat is trending. But NBA champions, I'm calling it now. Friday. The Lakers are going to secure another championship for their historic organization. LeBron's going to win number four. Just adding to his resume, not only that, he's going to be the first player in NBA history to win finals MVP for three different organizations. That's what the King is all about. All about greatness, striving for greatness. And that's what the Lakers are going to achieve on Friday. They're going to win... The championship. Let's get it done, Lake Show. Let's get it done. Let's go every series. Five, 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 five. Go, Lakers. Go. I want them to win. Let's get it done. Topic number two some more postseason sports action that's happening. MLB postseason. That's right. uh, I'm still bitter. I can tell you that I'm still in a slight depression after my Cubs let me down and got bounced in two games to the Miami Marlins. Uh, I've been in a shell, you know. I hit rock bottom, folks. We're going through it right now, but we're going to pull through and know that, well, there's always next year. Back to the old Cubs motto, always next year. But, yeah, they got bounced, but uh, the baseball is just turning up, though. Uh, A couple games going on right now. looks like the Braves are going to secure a victory against the Marlins in a clean sweep. They're up 7-0 here in the top of the sixth inning. Uh, The other game that's going on, Athletics against the Asterix. It's 3-0 right now. Athletics lead bottom of the third inning. Houston has a 2-1 lead in game four. Athletics need to tie it up to force a game five couple exciting games yesterday. The Tampa Bay Rays defeated the New York Yankees 8-4. to Giancarlo Stanton just continues to hit home runs. He's hit a home run in five straight playoff games. <laughs> he is hitting the ball all over the place. He loves hitting that Petco where they get to have the uh, AL playoffs this year. Uh, he's going off, but the rest of the team not stepping up. But game four today, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Can the Rays secure it, or will the Yankees force game five? I think the Yankees will force game five. You know, those teams have gone back and forth. The offensive have been there. It really is just going to come down to pitching. I think the Yankees will get it done. And it, no one ever wants to cheer for the Yankees, but I just want more baseball. Give me more baseball. That's all I want to see. So make that happen. Give me more baseball, and that's been a fun series. Everyone's hitting the ball all over the place. Uh, Cole ha- did not pitch that great, but tonight, not much of a pitching matchup. Ryan Thompson against Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery for the Yankees, Thompson for the Rays. Uh, Montgomery hasn't made an appearance in this series, so we'll we'll see how this goes tonight. Uh, I'm sure bullpens will be called upon early and often if the Yankees get down offense has just been hitting the ball all over the place in that series the other one that's going on thrilling game two the Dodgers have a 2-0 lead over the San Diego Padres they won a thriller yesterday Bellinger robbed Tatis of a home run out in center field it was absolutely an incredible play I mean, these two teams hate each other. That's what's great about – Yankees and Rays hate each other. Athletics Astros hate each other. Padres, Dodgers. All these teams hate each other. And it came out yesterday in the Dodgers-Padres game. You know, Manny Machado got out. He was not happy on how the pitcher was celebrating. And, oh, it was just beautiful. He's seen baseball players on the screen just throwing out obscenities left and right from every single player. Mookie Betts waving him, go home. You know, <laughs> Machado just screaming back, fuck you. Max Muncie coming out screaming, go back to your fucking dugout. Oh, it was absolutely glorious. And I'm sure we'll see more fireworks today. Game three. Padres, come on. Even this thing up. Even this thing up. I want more baseball. That's been a thrilling series. I don't want to see San Diego go out like this. You know, they lost Clevenger. Obviously, the Dodgers are the favorite. They just have so much talent everywhere. They're really an all-star team, just on their own roster alone. Like you could fill out an all-star roster with a majority of their players on that team. Uh, they're too much talent all the way around. So, but they play tonight at 9 p.m. you know i want the padres to win but i just feel like the dodgers are too much and so i see the dodgers winning the series maybe the padres win a game but dodgers are going to ultimately win that series give my prediction you know i do think the rays are going to win that series i think it will go 5 games though i think the yankees are going to win tonight but the rays will win game 5 you know yankees always have to disappoint you know they get to the so close and then oh, boom fall flat on their face. You know, but even falling on your face, even falling flat on your face, you're still moving forward. You know, keep that in mind folks cuz that's what the Yankees keep doing. At least they're moving forward. And the other series, Braves are obviously going to wrap it up in a clean sweep. Athletics, please, please beat the Asterix. I mean, the Twins disappointed America in letting the Astros win. Two easy games, not putting up any fight. The Astros were grooving in game one and two. Athletics bounce back real nicely. It's 2-1 right now. Athletics lead, but God, please destroy the Asterix. Oh, I can't stand it. Please just shut them up. And I don't want to see, no, I don't want them to make it far and have them be disappointed at the end, no. I want them to lose as early as possible. If you couldn't have told me that the Twins were just going to go out like that, I firmly thought the Twins were going to beat them and shut them up. Those damn cheaters banging on their damn trash can—they're lucky they don't get a play in front of the fans. Can't stand the Houston Astros. Uh, they should be stripped of the title. Can't fucking stand them. But anyways, Athletics lead three nothing. Bottom of the third. Can only hope the Athletics win the next two. Can't stand to see the Astros do well right now. Oh, it's a damn shame for baseball to see them succeed. But, hey, baseball's fun with the villain. Love cheering against them. Love cheering against the cheaters. So let's go Athletics. Never thought I'd be an Athletics fan. Never thought I'd be cheering for the team in Oakland. But here we are. Here we are, 2020, making us do crazy things right now. Uh, Moving on, topic number three. Already moving on to week five in the NFL, already through a quarter of the season. I guess that's what happens when you don't have preseason to worry about. When you have a month of that and then you get a you know, they pretty much play two months before they're really through the quarter way of the season. Nope, now we're just, it's the full sprint. Full sprint. We're already going on week five. Uh, It starts tonight. (laughs) Bucks against the Bears, two teams that I'm extremely excited to watch, my Chicago Bears, and then the quarterback I think is the greatest of all time against Tom Brady tonight, 8-20. Nick Foles is going to get another chance. The offense looks terrible against the Colts. I will say the Colts have a good defense, though. We'll get to the Colts in a second. But, yeah, the Bears, the offense looks stagnant. You thought there was going to be a little difference, Um, With Foles finally getting the starting job, Nagy gets his guy, and then what do they do? They score 11 whopping points. Oh, the offense couldn't move the ball. Foles was back to his same old backup. Like, that's the thing about these backup quarterbacks. They come in, and they do great things. Like, you see this with Fitzpatrick. You're now seeing it with Foles. They come in. They do some real special things. You give them the opportunity to prove themselves up. Goose egg. Oh, we're not going to do anything Anything well. Oh, we're just terrible at everything now. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I'm so disappointed that the Bears have Foles. And he, this is who we have to rely on. To beat playoff contending teams, we've got to rely on Nick Foles. The defense will keep us in games. They only gave up 19 points to the Colts, but defense will keep the Bears in games. It really comes down to the quarterback game for them. But the Bears defense, they're going to have their hands full tonight. Tom... Brady coming to Chicago, almost considered going to Chicago. If Tom Brady would have been playing for the Chicago Bears, oh, write it in as quickly as possible, Super Bowl champions, go Bears go, on buying the jersey tomorrow off NFL.com. But no, he happened to go to Tampa Bay, just an hour and a half away from me at Raymond James Stadium there in the beautiful Tampa area. That's right, Florida's nice. You know, that area around the stadium isn't great, but T- Tampa's a nice city. It's a nice area. You could find cool spots there, but I digress. That offense, you know, Brady threw for five touchdowns against the Chargers. He was he was his typical goat self, just doing what he does. People talking about how he fell off. He's not there. Look, you can go whatever analyticals you want. Tom Brady, another guy, just like LeBron, had a terrible first half, made some adjustments, boom, goes off, secures the victory for the team. He threw a pick six against the Chargers early in the game. They never ran that style of play ever again. Brady throws for five touchdowns, 300-plus uh, yards passing. Uh, he looked like his typical Tom Brady self and why the Bucks are in serious Super Bowl contention. Uh, everyone has to worry about this team with the weapons they have, Godwins, Evans. And not only did Brady throw five touchdowns, he threw five touchdowns to five different receivers. Five different receivers. He's still doing Patriots thing, but he has weapons now. He has Fournette in the backfield. They got a good team. You got to worry about the Bucks moving forward. I expect them to be really good. It's going to be a good game tonight, hopefully. I will say, though, Bucks are going to win. The Bears' just offense, I think the Bears can always beat the bad teams. Bears will always beat a team that is worse than them. Can they beat the teams that are on the same level or better than them? We'll see. I don't believe it because of Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. Nagy hasn't shown me much offensively, but the defense, the defense will keep the Bears in games. It really comes down to that offense and what they're going to do, but I'm taking the Bucks tonight. They should win. Pretty handling. Some other good games they are supposed to be going on. Let's talk about one team's game specifically, Titans against the Bills. Mm -mm -mm. Titans, another positive test. They don't think they're going to be able to play on Sunday. They're talking about possibly playing on Monday or Tuesday and then moving their Thursday night game to Saturday. Uh, They're trying to do a bunch of different things right now. And fuck the Titans. What are they doing? What are these players getting themselves into there in Nashville? It's Tennessee. There can't be too much going on right now with COVID. You would think they'd be locking themselves down, but no, I guess they're getting after it in Nashville. I guess that greatest city, you know, we're turning up. Middle of a pandemic. Let's go get after it. Just another player tested positive. They're really being the focal point of the whole pandemic. For the NFL, like the Steelers, they already had to go a bye week with the Steelers, forcing the Steelers to now play 13 straight weeks. They're just making it hell for the scheduling and for how things are working out. They might have to add an additional week, a week 18 for teams, just to manage to get all the games in because of the damn Titans. Hey, Titans, you know why don't you figure it out, huh? Why don't you guys just sit tight? You know, quarantine. You know, relax. You don't need to go to a bar. You don't need to go out. You don't... I can understand you can get it at the grocery store. You know, I understand all the parameters of COVID. But just be smart. Come on. I mean, they've put you in as good a situation as possible to succeed. And no self-accountability. Damn Titans. Fuck the Titans. You know, put in the movie poster... Remember the Titans? No, just replace it with fuck. Fuck and remember. Just replace the words. You know, we could still have Denzel on the poster. He's wearing a mask. It was a beautiful meme. Shout out to Ryan Pavel for sending it to me. It was absolutely beautiful. But, yeah, fuck the Titans. Should be a good game, though. Bills against the Titans. I like it. Hopefully they can play. Yeah. Titans, they were just in the AFC Championship last year. How can they not believe that they might be able to make another Super Bowl run? You yep, know, they're that close. They were already that close. Let's see if they could figure it out health-wise, though. And no, not injury-wise, COVID-wise. Good Lord. But they're going up against a team, I don't want to say has surprised, but definitely overachieve. Buffalo Bills, undefeated, playing well. Josh Allen, I think is definitely establishing himself as a top 15 quarterback. If he keeps playing this way, he might establish himself as top 10 before we get halfway through the season. He's playing great. I think he's leading the lead in passing yards. He's just, he's just that new age of quarterback. He's just got a cannon for an arm but can also move, very athletic. See, he's doing great things. Stephon Giggs, Diggs, he's been the top receiver in the league. That combination has been deadly a quarter of the way through this season. Expected to continue and for them to be successful. Uh, hopefully they play that game. This is what we're going to do. You know we're going to talk about five games. So I already talked about the Bucks Bears game, talking about the Bills Titans game. I'm going to pick five games each week, give you my opinion, and we'll keep the record moving forward. So give me the Bucks against the Bears, uh, Bills Titans. I'm going to take the Bills. You know Josh Allen has been playing really well. I I like the things that they're doing. They got a strong defense. Titans. I've never been a believer in Tannehill. I think he's definitely figured out and found a home in Tennessee. He's definitely not the player he was with the Miami Dolphins, but I like the Bills as a team more um, than the Titans at this point. And, you know, can't cheer for the Titans because they're jeopardizing the league at this point. So go Bills. Give me the Bills in that one. Uh, Some other interesting games. Uh, The next one, Colts against the Browns. The Colts have looked great. Their defense has been fantastic. Phillip Rivers, he, he's been eh. He hasn't done much, but when the defense is playing that well, it's the number one defense in the league right now. They're 3-1. and one. Browns, they're 3-1 and one. just coming off a win against the Cowboys where they scored 49 points. Um, And the Browns put themselves in a good situation. They have a good receiving core, but they're a running team. You know, Baker just gets to hand it off to Chubb all the time. Chubb he has an injury. But they still got Kareem Hunt back there. They still got pieces. They got guys they can plug in. Uh, I like where the Browns are at this point. They got to like their chances of fighting for a playoff spot. You know, they're competing with the Ravens and Steelers. That's tough going. But the way they're playing, the way that the offense is clicking, you got to be positive if you're the Browns. But Colts, that defense has been too unstoppable. I think losing uh, – Chubb will hurt the Browns this week, so I'm gonna give me the uh, give me the Colts. Give me the Colts. They'll improve to four and one. And I, I've never been that big a fan of Phillip Rivers. Don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but that defense will win them games. And frankly, he's a marginal enough quarterback to score enough points for them to win. So give me the Colts in that one. Another one that I think will be a decent game is um. Chiefs against the Raiders. Now, Raiders have played a lot better than I thought they would. Came out a little dry last week, but they go up against the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, and obviously Mahomes is going to be too much. I think this will be an interesting game. It'll be a high-scoring game, that's for sure. Raiders are 2-2. Two two, Chiefs are 4-0. Oh. Chiefs are just going to be too much, but it's going to be a fun game. I think there'll be a lot of points on the board. The Oakland offense, they move the ball pretty well, but obviously, Chiefs, Mahomes, too good. Too good. that That's all that really comes down to, <laughs> is Patrick Mahomes is just too good. Uh, he's a, honestly a cheat code out there. The way he just throws, the, he can throw the ball 55 yards, backpedaling off his back foot, leaning back. Uh, He just makes it look so damn easy. The offense wasn't great against the Patriots, but that's because Bill Belichick knows how to scheme against him and Andy Reid. But it's still Patrick Mahomes. It's the Raiders. Gruden isn't the same coach as Belichick, so I expect the Chiefs to roll in that one. Um, Another game in the final game that i think the most interesting game i would say would be the eagles against the steelers uh, the eagles are find themselves at 1 2 and 1 that's right one win two losses and a tie at the top of the nfc least <laughs> uh, just the worst division in football and Cowboys have everything handed to them for them to win it, and nope. (laughs) The Eagles, with all their injuries, with how poorly we've talked about Carson Wentz playing, everything factoring in, they're at the top of the division, and they go up against the Steelers. Steelers have had a lot of time to prepare and get ready for this matchup. They're 3-0. Roethlisberger's playing well. They've had a great defense. Uh, It'll be an exciting game, and Grind it out, you know, the Eagles got the win against the 49ers. Granted, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't playing. They're missing Nick Bosa. So 49ers might not be there, but uh, no. It's the NFC, Lease. I'm mistaken, people. Pittsburgh is going to roll in this one. I wouldn't say roll. It's going to be a good game. But I'd say Pittsburgh's going to move to 4-0 and on the year um, after only playing three games to this They're going to begin their onslaught of 13 straight weeks of play. And, yeah, I expect them to move 4-0 and be at the top of the division. But the Eagles, yeah, just so many injuries. But I think the Eagles will win that division. Giants, they'll be lucky to win a game. Washington, (laughs) they won their game. They're moving on from Dwayne Haskins. I don't know who – What's it, Kyle Allen? He's going to play quarterback? <laughs> oh, boy. Saw that last year in Carolina. It didn't work out too well. But, God, what a, what a terrible, terrible division. And then the Cowboys, they shouldn't even have a win. They shouldn't even have a win. They're lucky that they're playing the Giants this week. And for some reason, I could see that being a close game. And you know how the Cowboys are. All these expectations, everything involved, and they just always shit the bed and underperform. And it's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see Jerry spend all that money and put together the roster that he wants, hire the coach that he wants so he can control them. And the team just isn't good. He had Jason Garrett all the times. So Jason Garrett bowed down to Jones. Mike McCarthy is the same way. It just, mm, they just are a dumpster fire every year, and it is beautiful. Beautiful to see. So those are the big matchups. So give me Bucks against the Bears, Bills versus the Titans, Chiefs versus the Raiders, Steelers versus the Eagles, and then Colts beating the Browns. So those are my wins. Those are the five games look out for. Uh, You know, I guess the Chargers-Saints game on Monday night could be decent too, but mm, I like those games more. Those games have more appeal to me than now when I see the Saints- rolling against the Chargers. You know, Chargers will put up points. Herberts look nice, but we'll see. But that's the Monday night game. Moving on. Topic number four. Bill O'Brien out as Texans head coach. That's right. Old Billy boy. He is out as Texans head coach after an 0-4 start. I heard it was just tumultuous. He didn't have the locker room. Apparently, he was stern, strict culture that led to his downfall. Just think, He got rid of one of the best wide receivers in the league. You, know, you could say whatever you want about wide receivers being expendable to a certain point. You still need talent for your, wide, for your quarterback to throw to. You still need someone on the outside. And for him to get rid of, debatably, the best receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, come on. What are you thinking? Have some sense. That's a terrible move. And it was his time. They were 0-4, 52-48. He had only won two playoff games to this point since he's been the head coach there. He's been there for seven years, since 2014. The best record they ever had. They went 11-5 in 2018. And they lost in the first round of the playoffs. Uh... He's had Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in the game, has given him no help, hasn't protected him with the offensive line, t- got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, his best target. Just, that was the downfall. I, he set himself up to lose the job. He gave, for David Johnson, and No, I would say the passing game is more important than the running game for your team. Like Will Fuller is not a number one for the Texans. Texans desperately need him. They were 0-4. They didn't protect. Like I said, they didn't protect Watson at all. They did him no favors. Absolutely. And you know, tough slate of games. We won't say it has been easy because they started the season at Kansas City, then played Baltimore, then at the Steelers, and then played Minnesota. Three teams. Four teams that are definitely in playoff contention. Vikings have started out horribly, but the Chiefs, they have Super Bowl aspirations. I would say the same thing for the Ravens, playoff aspirations. Steelers, got to believe that they can make the playoffs. Vikings, they were in the playoffs last year. They got to believe that they should be right back there. It hasn't been a tough, it has been a tough start to the season, but the team just doesn't believe. Like, the team just didn't rally around Bill O'Brien he's just not that kind of coach just an you know he came from Penn State what's he a former Belichick guy too and it's weird former Belichick guys usually don't pan out away from Belichick it, it just ra- it rarely happens you know McDaniels had to go back uh, yeah guys have had success you know, you look at Belichick's former teams when he was with the Browns that their coaching staff had. I mean, he, like, he had Nick Saban as a DB coach. You know, Belichick knows smart guys, but for some reason, they Belichick has built a system differently than what other coaches can then apply. You know, the strict coaching style that Belichick does, it works because it has shown results. With other coaches who try to implement it, who are first-time head coaches with specific teams, It doesn't work because the players don't believe it and haven't seen it be successful and win playoff games and win Super Bowls. Frankly, he was 52 and 48 as a head coach. You know, his worst season ever with them. He only had one losing season. They went 4 and 12 in 2017. So they've been pretty good first three years. They went 9 and 7, but it was his time to go. Like when the locker room doesn't agree with you, when the team wants to move off from you, when you lose the locker room, that's when you lose it. And apparently J.J. Watt uh, had a heated exchange with Bill O'Brien, and that'll do it right there. Watt is the leader of that locker room. He's one of the most outspoken guys out there as far as an NFL player. Always speaks in mind. Always, Always keeps it real. And if he isn't going to believe in your head coach, if the leader of the defense isn't going to be – supportive of the guy running the team? Yeah. Someone's losing their job, and it ain't the player. It ain't the player. It's going to be the head coach, especially when you've underachieved to this point. So it was just time to move on. Um, He's an average coach. Will he get another job? Mm. Another assistant position. I don't know if he'll ever be a head coach, but I'm sure someone will bring him in as like an offensive coordinator. Whatever they want to do, he'll get another job. I don't expect him to be unemployed, but he'll get another job, but not as a head coach. I don't think he can be a head coach in this league. I think he can be a very nice offensive coordinator and run it as long as someone else is putting the pieces around him. And that's been the problem with the Texans. They haven't had a definitive GM. It's been like a organizational decision makers, and obviously the head coach is going to have the most say. That's why they said Bill O'Brien made the – the decision to trade Hopkins. He had two years left on his deal. I don't know why we're panicking off getting off Hopkins and having to worry about paying him. Why not go for it? Why not go for wins this year and worry about the contract situation later on? I always get, always just shock me when teams decide to go in that kind of direction. But, mm. That's how it is, and that's how it goes, and that's why you're out of a job, Bill O'Brien. You know, that's what happened. Former Penn State coach and then got the Texans job. He definitely wasn't in over his head. He's shown that he can be a successful football coach, but he just lost the locker room, and after seven seasons, if you're not seeing the results you want out of a guy, it's time to move off, especially when you start the season 0-4. Especially when you start the season 0-4 and you made drastic decisions to get yourself in that position. So... Good luck to you, Bill O'Brien. I'm sure you'll find another job. You'll be all right. Topic number five, the NBA Finals. Now, I think it's been really exciting. I've watched every single game, but TV ratings would tell you otherwise. As a matter of fact, it's the least watched NBA Finals ever, ever. That's right. In game one of the NBA Finals, there was seven Point four million viewers for game one. Now, when you think about that compared to last year's game one, it was over 10 million. Years before that, it's been almost over 15 million. You know, so it's a huge, huge decline. And game four uh, got a little uptick in ratings. It got up to 7.5 million viewers, Uh, whereas game three dropped all the way down to Right around 5 million people. Those ratings aren't great. Not great at all, especially when you consider that just the Christmas Day game got 8.76 million people just to watch the Clippers and the Lakers on Christmas Day. (laughs) When that series alone is getting more viewers than the NBA Finals, what's going to decide the championship you got to point at a number of different things that's what's causing it. So I'll just break down real quickly on why I think the ratings are low. First reason I think they're low is it, I'm, I don't want to snitch, but I'm about to snitch, but I'm not going to snitch on the sites. That streaming has interfered with cable and TV subscriptions why would you pay for cable? Why would you pay the extra 60, 80, whatever it happens to be for a cable package? I don't know. I don't pay for cable. You know, I have, I pay for my various ESPN Plus and Hulu TV and all that. You know, I'm doing all of that. I'm streaming it. But streaming sites have taken over the TV game. Not a lot of people are watching TV, especially during the pandemic. People are, you know, cutting the cord. They're trying to save money. They're trying to not spend as much, and that's what happens. You don't watch it on TV, you watch it in other avenues. I watch it on my computer, you know. Sometimes I'll have to go to a restaurant, watch the game. I don't know how they're factoring that in when it comes to the TV ratings, but you know, however they get their numbers, this is what they're coming up with. You could still give or take, I'm sure, a few hundred thousand or so, but not that much. That's, I'm sure, where they get their numbers from. But, I think that's one reason. People are getting away from cable and TV. Now, I'm so lucky that I have a girlfriend that has cable that i got to watch it on TV to add to those ratings. So I'm very happy that I get to increase the ratings, but the ratings are low. It's very interesting that they're low. As a matter of fact, Adam Silver is surprised himself that the NBA ratings are low. According to sources, Commissioner Adam Silver is still surprised at the low audience with LeBron James chasing his fourth ring at the age of 35. It is surprising. It's historic, third championship with his third team his fourth championship with three teams. He's going to be the first player to win finals, MVP with three different teams. It is shocking that it isn't getting more ratings, but I think streaming, getting away from TV and watching games specifically on TV is getting away from it. People stream games now. People just pay for internet packages and go into that. Now, this has been a thing for a while, so you could say, well, that didn't affect things, you know, last year. I think... That goes into it. I think LeBron fatigue is playing a factor here. LeBron has been the most dominant player for the past decade, you could say. He's been in nine of the last ten finals. Uh, He is incredible. He's been in every finals since 2011 until last year and now back this year. Last year was his only time he wasn't in the finals this decade. He has been truly incredible. And, yeah, a lot of people criticize him and praise him. I would say he gets way more criticism than praise. And I'm sure people are tired of just seeing it, you know, 35 years, 17th year in the league for to go to the NBA finals for the 10th time in your career just speaks volumes to the kind of player you are. But to the casual fan, like a lot of people are, they're probably getting tired of it of like, when is someone else going to win? Yeah, that's why I'm a fan of LeBron, because, I like to see greatness personified. I like to see how greatness does. I want to see greatness be great. Isn't that the point? Isn't that the point to see the greatness of these athletes and these players do what they're supposed to do? It's what LeBron is supposed to do. LeBron is supposed to go to championships and win championships. So I think LeBron fatigue plays into it. Another factor. I would say this pandemic has changed people's lives. Yeah, people... We lost sports. Sports disappeared in March and then came back around June, July, right around that time. You know, that's when we started to see live sports again. But we went all this time with not having sports. So people found other ways to preoccupy their time. You know, people lost interest. Well, you know, the season was kind of coming to an end. They were in the middle of March and then the season cuts off. So I think it throws people off. Like people have different schedules in the spring than they do the fall. People are doing different things at different times of the year. You expect playoff and championship basketball for the NBA to take place in May and June, not in September and October. So it's going to change things for you. You might prioritize things differently. And sure, with COVID, yeah, like I spoke with, people are going away from the TV. I'm sure people have bigger concerns to worry about than watching who's going to be crowned champion of a professional sports league. This happens to be in the NBA. People have found other things to do. Casual fans maybe don't have time to watch the games, maybe have to work a second job because they lost their original job from the pandemic. Uh, Basketball isn't the biggest concern right now. You could say it about where the state of our country is. There's an election coming up. One of the biggest elections in our country's history. One of the, it's going to be, it's one of the biggest things ever. Like people have found other ways to preoccupy their time than by watching sports. I, being the avid sports junkie that I am, can't get enough of sports and always want to watch sports, regardless of what's going on, regardless of the matters at hand. Obviously, you know, I have priorities in life, but if I get the opportunity to watch a game, go to a game... How, talk about a game. I'm going to take that opportunity, but not a lot of people are like me. So I think that plays into a big factor. The pandemic has changed how people live their lives, how people are conducting themselves. So people aren't paying as close attention to the NBA. Uh, this is usually the time of year where the NBA is just starting up, where you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's They're reporting for training camp and getting ready for the season to start. Like, Regular season usually starts right around this time. But whereas we're crowning a champion right now, it's just, it's just different. It just changes the way. The calendar just isn't right. And again, I think people have found other ways to take up their time and do other things and shown that they can live life without sports and not have to be glued to every game and they can just watch the highlights if they want to or see what happens. I think another reason... The media has played into a factor with this. Yeah, they Every series, they have tried to hype up that, oh, this is the series LeBron is going to lose, and the Lakers are going to struggle. They did it with Portland. They're like, oh, Portland's the best eight seed we've ever seen. Damian Lillard, the Lakers can't guard the three. What are they going to do? How are they going to guard Damian Lillard? Well, the Lakers make quick work, beat them in five, right? Okay, then they did it with the Rockets. Well, how are they going to guard two MVPs? Small ball, you know, they won't be able to do it. Uh, okay, they made quick work of them in five. Then the Nuggets. Well, the Nuggets came back three, one, twice. You know, the young kids, again, who's going to be able to stop Murray? They can't defend the outside. Jokic is a difference maker. Uh, again, Lakers make quick work there. This series has been completely flipped on its head. It's been This has been the easiest run for the Lakers ever. The Lakers are cakewalking through the Western Conference, and they're going to cakewalk through the Miami Heat. People are downplaying the significance of this series, and the whole bubble itself. You know, Scottie Pippen's talking like, well, it's not even real basketball, it's pickup basketball. When old heads and respectable people in the media that talk about the NBA and former players and legends that speak about today's game, when they downplay the significance of these games, casual fans tune out. The people who watch that guy grow, if you watch Charles Barkley growing up, and now you hear them on TV talk about, well, I'm, I'm not too excited for this series. The Lakers are going to steamroll. People are like, all right, I'm not interested either. It's a lopsided series. It's We already know who's going to win. It's lopsided opponents. You know, the Lakers are way better than the Heat. I would agree. The Lakers are the better team, but the Heat deserve to be here. The Heat March their way through the Pacers. They beat the Bucks in five games. They beat the Celtics in six. The Heat deserve to be here as much as the Lakers do. The Lakers are just a better team. So, yeah, I can understand why you think the Lakers will dominate. But that's the thing. The NBA and the people that talk about it don't hype up the game like they should. I don't, you don't want to lie to people and say, oh, it's going to be a thrilling series. I've actually been worried. I was glued to my chair for game four because it was a back-and-forth affair. It was a grind-out game, 102-96. It was close, hard fought all the way. The Heat were not just bowing down to the Lakers' superiority. It, the Lakers had to earn that victory. It was a good game. I think it's the reason why it was the highest game because they hyped it up. Oh, what's going to happen? Jimmy Butler just had a 40-point triple-double in game three. How will LeBron and company respond? Like, that's the kind of hype-up you need. But everyone isn't hyping it up that way. It's, oh, the Lakers are going to win in five. Oh, the Lakers are going to sweep. Oh, the Lakers are just that much better. Now, I do think the Lakers will win in five, and the Lakers should be the team that wins, but they just haven't hyped up this series. This series hasn't been hyped up. The NBA needs to take it upon itself to do a better job of marketing and hyping up these games. And I know this isn't the championship that we wanted. You know, you could say that the Lakers-Celtics would have been a better draw. The Raptors going back to the finals would have been a better draw. The MVP against the runner-up for MVP with the Bucks versus the Lakers would have been a better draw. Everyone said the real championship was the Battle of Los Angeles between the Clippers and the Lakers. But not, Clippers didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Same with the Bucks, Didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Celtics didn't hold up their end of the bargain. You know who did? The GOAT, LeBron James. And this is why I think a lot of people, another factor, a lot of people are casual fans. A lot of people are fake basketball fans when they talk about being fans. And this shows it. A lot of people are fake. If you like basketball and you appreciate what basketball is, you are turning, tuning into the finals Because, you know, you're watching history being made by LeBron winning his fourth championship, third finals MVP with a different team. The Lakers showing that they were the best team through and through in the regular season in the Western Conference, getting the one seed and then steamrolling everyone to get to the finals to then take on the Miami Heat and beat them. It's not being hyped up and advertised like you would think. And a lot of people are casual fans. A lot of people are tired of LeBron, tired of the greatness. Tired of seeing the same guy in the NBA Finals. They're just tired of seeing LeBron win. I think a lot of people are just casual fans and don't really love the game of basketball and just aren't as tuned in. When it's your team, not like, oh, a controversial team like the Golden State Warriors or that has Durant, Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, or these super teams going up against each other when the Cavs went up against that Golden State team when LeBron had Kyrie, Kevin Love. But it's interesting because I think we like to see LeBron lose, and that's why I think people are casual fans and very odd. The finals ratings when LeBron was by himself and had (laughs) no Kevin Love and no Kyrie Irving and he went up against the Warriors, like those ratings did great for that finals Another year when Kyrie Irving left and it was just LeBron by himself and it had a couple pieces. You yep. know, the ratings were high for that and we saw Golden State dominate through and through. So I think that's another thing. People are casual fans. I will say that a thing that I don't think is a factor is the political politicalness of the NBA. You know, them putting Black Lives Matter on the court You know, the people who already support those beliefs that black people matter and those ideas that we should go out and vote and make a difference in your community and everything that the NBA has been preaching throughout the bubble and with what's going on in our society, I don't think that's played a factor. You know, if you're not into that stuff, you already know what the NBA players are bringing to the table with that kind of stuff. You already know what they believe in if you follow them on social media or pay attention to anything that they say in the media. You either support it or you don't. I don't think that many people all of a sudden came to mind and were like, oh, they're kneeling for the anthem. I'll turn this off. And, like, millions of people just decided to do that. I don't believe that. Maybe, yeah, a few thousand. There's a couple racist people out there who are like, eh, I put up with them being black, but now that they're kneeling for the anthem, I can't take it anymore. You know, boycotting the NBA. It's like, eh, good riddance. You don't deserve to watch them like Trump. Uh, he's just a clown when it comes to this kind of stuff. I don't think the political sizing of the NBA is the reason for the downfall. But those are just a number of factors on why I think it's down. I think another reason why is that some people don't believe that this is a true championship. I saw a poll that came out that said that 19% of people, whoever they polled, like whoever these pollists were, said that the title isn't official. Now, I'm sure... You could go up those numbers. You could say 20% of the population who follows the NBA maybe doesn't acknowledge this as a true championship. Okay, that'll take away some viewers as well. Because people are like, this isn't legitimate. They're not playing in front of fans. They're not in an arena. They're in a bubble. This is different. It's not the same. It doesn't count. Yeah, that number will have an effect. If you don't think it matters, yeah, you're not going to watch. It's going to affect the ratings. So I just think that's another thing. Some people don't believe the legitimacy of this championship. But let me tell you, this is a legit championship. The season, they already got all the way to March 11th. The playoffs start literally a couple weeks after that. Then, but with the circumstances that we had, you know, they managed to play that many games, finishing, stopping on March 11th, and then, oh, they get four months off, they come back, okay, they get eight games to decide the seeding, and then, Little bit of an extended playoffs with the playing with the eight and nine, and then we go right into the playoffs. There was time. The good teams were there. The teams that were in championship contention were there, showed up, and played the games as if they were trying to win a championship. You can say whatever you want about there being no fans. That's the situation we were put in with the coronavirus. That's the due diligence the NBA decided to do by not playing in home arenas and concentrating things in a bubble so they wouldn't get infected so they could make it a legit championship. It's a legit championship. Every team that had a chance to win was there. All the good teams showed up and it's frankly one of the hardest things to take four months off in the middle of a season and then go play high octane basketball right away after a four month layoff. Yeah. That is pressure. That's big-time basketball right there. That's not something that's easy to do. And You can say whatever you want. Oh, they don't have to travel. They get to sleep in the same bed, all this, all that, yeah. But they don't get many days off between games. It's really just one, game, one day off, and then they're back to playing. It's, it's a legit championship. If you don't acknowledge that it's a real championship, again, I think you're a casual fan, or you're just mad that your team didn't win. And that's the thing. If your team doesn't win the championship, yeah, you're going to be like, oh, it's a fake championship. Well, no, because your team played poorly. If your team won, though, it would be a legit championship. That's how you really got to look at it when it comes to these fans and when everyone's talking about, oh, it's not legitimate. Well, what if your team won? Would you say it's not legit or would you recognize 10 years from now that, yeah, they won the championship in 2020? Of course they would acknowledge it. Of course everyone would acknowledge it their team that they support and cheer for and pay money to see and pay for their merchandise, yeah, they would acknowledge that as a true championship. So I think those are the reason the NBA ratings are down. But a lot of factors, a lot of factors into it, but it's just odd. It's odd that they are down, but I think sports viewership as a whole is down when you look at the baseball ratings. Yeah. NFL is a little different breed. Football brings out the fanatics. Football just has a different following compared to the other sports, but it is odd to see that these ratings are so far down compared to what we expect them to be. Those are my five topics for the day. Moving on, final topic, unpopular opinion. I'll make this quick. Um, So someone pointed out to me that uh, they liked the MLB playoff format. I have had a couple different conversations about this. So someone told me that they actually liked it and think that the MLB should continue with it. And someone told me they hated it. They hated how there were so many teams. They didn't like the three-game series uh, to start things out. Um, all that. How does it favor the team that does the one seed if we go back to uh, normal baseball and play a full 162-game season? So for my unpopular opinion, I want Major League Baseball to keep the extended postseason, but change it up slightly. So how they're doing it this year, eight teams from each, the National League and the American League, made the playoffs. That's how it worked. You know, they went the top two teams in each division, and then the two teams after that, whoever had the best record, regardless of division. That's how it worked this year. And, and, you know, that's what they had to do. Unprecedented times called for unprecedented decisions And that's what they decided to do. Extended the postseason. Now, I like extending the postseason. I'm for it. You know, I like the divisional series. Baseball's already very unpredictable. They added in that one game playoff. I'm all for it. Kind of gives an advantage to the number one team because that playing team usually has to use their best pitcher. And then they're going into a series going uh, with their number two pitcher against the number one pitcher. You know how it breaks down from there. But I like the eight teams. But I don't think they should have eight moving forward. I think they should expand the the playoffs to seven. So seven teams in each league. So you go one through seven, and I don't want a division either. It goes, whoever wins the division obviously gets the one, two, and three. Four, five, six, seven, break down best record, regardless of division. No second places, nothing like that. Obviously. Then... With this new format of seven teams, the first team, the team that finished top of the standings uh, in that specific league, gets a bye for the first series. Because you have to give credit and give some advantage to the team that does best. Once we go baseball goes back to the marathon of 162 games, you can't just throw oh go all of a sudden okay. Eight teams into the playoffs. One plays eight, and then it breaks down from there. Now that gives no advantage to the one seed. You have to give credit to a team that goes that long doing that well. They have to give some time, some type of advantage, some kind of advantage. You know what? Whether it's a first round bye, maybe we go play in game for that six, seven spot, and then the six seed plays the one. However, it breaks down from there. However, they want to figure it out and get the job done. That. That's how it should be. You got to incentivize getting the one, but you also want to include more teams. I think that'll just add to the craziness of postseason baseball. Keep things exciting. Keep it as unpredictable as possible. You couldn't tell me that the Cubs were going to lose to the Marlins in two games this year. I wouldn't believe it if you told me. Same with the Twins against the Houston Asterix. wouldn't believe the Twins would score, what, two runs in 18 innings. Cubs not scoring one run. It just abysmal performances. You couldn't tell me that those teams were going to do that. I thought the Indians were going to beat the Yankees. Couldn't tell me that the Yankees would just go into beast mode and start hitting home runs every other at bat. You know, There are some things that are still pretty predictable on who's going to win series, but it just adds to it. It adds to it. I thought the White Sox were going to beat the Athletics. What do the Athletics do? They win in three games. I like adding more teams, but I want incentive for teams to get the number one. Because then you can kind of coast through the regular season. You can be like, well, we don't need to go for the one because there's no advantage getting the one. We're going to make the playoffs if we're just one of eight teams. No, you got to give some advantage to the team that does the best and has the best record in the respective leagues, that being the American League and National League. How they want to figure it out, I don't know. But... What I do know is they do need to expand the playoffs because it would just add more excitement. Obviously going to bring more revenue, you know, more TV time. Ticket sales go up during the postseason once fans are allowed to go back to games. Teams are going to love having more additional games at their home stadiums, being able to sell more tickets, more merchandise, more concessions, more TV time, more advertising dollars. It just makes more sense to add teams to the postseason rather than what they were doing. So... That's my unpopular opinion. Keep the expanded postseason, And that's the end of episode 32 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Thanks for listening. You know, check me out on social media. Feel free to reach out to me if you ever want to talk about a certain topic or give me topics for the podcast. Just let me know. Hit me up. I'm always down for recommendations of things to talk about. But uh, remember, during this pandemic... Wash your damn hands. All right, I'm out. Peace.